All right, Dan Claskins, James Adams. We're back with the week one Fantastics Fantasy Preview and the Fantastics Podcast here, the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. We are kicking off the regular season, turning and flipping over from all of our preseason and drafting. Now we're helping you set those lineups. More importantly, here on the Tuesday edition of the podcast, we're going to be hitting that waiver wire throughout the season, giving you our first taste of what lies ahead. And of course, insiderfootball.com, just like it was for the draft, has all the in-season tools you need as well. Be sure to check it all out over there. Our deal with Thrive Fantasy, you can get the touchdown package with the $20 deposit. We'll be talking about that. We'll even be making our week one Thrive Fantasy picks before we're out of here. But James, here we are, my friend. Uh, we've made it to the starting line. or I don't know if it's the finish line or the starting line or whatever line it is, but I think you've already crossed it. We are where we are. If you were at the mall and you were looking at the big kiosk, it would say you are here. And that's where we are, Dan. That's some deep stuff to start this <laughs> podcast with. I don't know. I, I mean, just watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I didn't, but that's basically what it's Now that you like. tell me the reference point, it's definitely clicking in my brain a little bit more. You're starting to speak my language. Uh, but uh, you know what, dude? The thing is, is I am so juiced for the season. I can't wait. We're going to sort of tease each game and everything. And uh, we're definitely going to be keeping you informed. Like I said, it's sort of the transition point here for not just uh, us as fantasy managers, but certainly the show. And uh, you definitely want to subscribe to wherever you listen. You can get us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, to name a few. Of course, Insider Football. And follow us on Twitter, at Dan Claskins, at JamesAdams94. Tuesdays, we'll bring you the podcast. Saturday, it's our Fantastics Insider Show. And that is where we'll help you set those lineups and make those final adjustments before kickoff. And uh, James, we're going to kick off this one uh, talking a little bit about some of our bold, bolder, and boldest 2022 predictions for the season. And it has definitely been a lot of stuff we've been smacking our gums on over here for the last few months on the podcast, certainly since we came back on in season two here in April. But uh, we did it on the air a little bit. Well, for our podcast listeners, let's double down on these bold predictions. And I'm going to start with you and I'm going to start with uh, uh, one of your bold ones, James. All right. Well, I'm I'm been very on Trevor Lawrence this preseason, and you know, I mean, it's it seems pretty simple to me because this guy was the chosen one not long ago when he was at Clemson, and last year was an absolute disaster in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence to me finishes the year as a top twelve quarterback. Uh, the numbers that he needs to do it aren't they're basically what Carson Wentz did last year. And when you look at those numbers, they're rather attainable. I don't see any reason why Trevor Lawrence can't throw for thirty five hundred yards. I'm not saying even he needs to run for 400, but I think he can. But even if he runs for 250 and throws 25 touchdowns, that's getting him close to being a QB 12 already or better. So for me, Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't seem that bold, but no one's drafting him as a QB 1. I say he's going to be one come the end of the year. Definitely. Uh, you've been on talking that pretty well all season long. So you're staying consistent, staying on point there with the pick as well. And I'll tell you, for me... I don't know. There's so many I like, but to narrow it down, I think I'm going to start with this one. Travis Kelsey will not finish the year as a tight end one. Three straight years he was. Last year he was tight end two. And I know that's not that bold, but when you look around most people's rankings, I mean, it is a little bold. And I definitely, why I still like Kelsey James at 33 and without Tyree Kill, I am expecting a little bit of some degression on that stat line. So I'm going there. I'll kick off with my second one. Also not that bold, but 
I'm going to put it on the record here. Christian McCaffrey finishes 2022 as RB1 in PPR leagues. And all I'm really boldly predicting, James, this guy plays 12-plus games. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. If he does, you know that he can be he's, – he's very similar to what Le'Veon Bell was when he was a dominant fantasy force years ago. He's just got to stay healthy to be that wide receiver too while he is that running back one as well. Let's go on to the next one on your list. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon. We talked about uh, the Bengals, and you know they've got this really tough schedule, but I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts in this game, in this season for them. And I think that Joe Mixon, who had 16 touchdowns a year ago, I'm going to say he's going to lead the league in touchdowns, total touchdowns. The league leader last year was 20. Eckler, Jonathan Taylor each had 20. Mixon was only four behind them last year, and I could see that the Bengals' offense going to be in a lot of high-scoring games, in my opinion, just looking at that schedule. It's a tough schedule, but it doesn't mean there's no points. Mixon, the beneficiary of everyone paying attention to Burrow and the receivers. Yeah, I already got the over nine and a half rushing touchdown prop. I got the most rushing touchdowns in the league prop, so I'm in on Mixon myself. And James, I drafted him in yet another draft last night in Couch Potato Football. Beautiful. Another story for another day. I will continue along and wrap up our bold predictions, and I'm going to go with one of my other ones I had noted the other day here. And uh, Mike Thomas, he'll miss more games than he plays this year. James, is that really that bold? I don't. I might be the le- the the unboldiest boldest prediction I'll make. I'm not sure how bold it is, Dan, but I'm seeing him still go as the number one receiver off of that crew in, in, in New Orleans. Not that he's going high, but he's going higher than I think he should because I agree with you. And until you see it. Uh, I mean, I need to see it before I believe it. Yeah. What else you got on your bold list? I'm pairing up these guys, and I've been pairing them up in my drafts a lot. It's it's Hunter Henry. It's Tyler Higby. I think they're both going to end up the year as tight end ones. By the way, last year, Higby was tight end 14. Hunter Henry was tight end 10, I think, or 11. Um, depends on your scoring system, of course, but I'm, going, I'm looking at PPR, which, by the way, Hunter Henry, almost better in non-PPR half point because of his touchdown prowess. He's a big-time red zone target. Tyler Higby has also been highly targeted for a couple years, regardless of who was the quarterback there for the Rams. And what I think is crazy is they're both just largely being forgotten. I've gotten them both in so many leagues that, honestly, I hope if I'm right on one of them, but the production the last couple years suggests that it should be an easy call. It doesn't seem bold to me, but the ADP says it is. From bold to bolder, I'll start us off here, James. And uh, I know the draft advisor says differently. And the draft advisor usually talks me out of these heartfelt feelings, but I just can't get over this one. Aaron Rodgers will not finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. I think this is the year the wheels start to fall off in Green Bay with that passing attack. Losing Devontae Adams, obviously a big factor here, but father time also could be creeping in. And I get it. I get it. He looked pretty good last year, but... I don't know. Karma is not on his side. I'm not feeling it, James. I don't have him on many fantasy squads. Now, as many best balls as we do, of course, I've got some best ball exposure. But needless to say, I'm not very optimistic that Rodgers has one of those stellar seasons like we've seen in recent years. I'll go positive. I'm going to go with a quarterback who uh, I think has been largely forgotten. It's Carson Wentz. I get it. Third team, third year. But guess what? Last year, This guy was still fantasy productive. He was bad in the second half when Jonathan Taylor took off, and Wentz did not look great. And there's a reason he left Indy, and there's a reason he's not being drafted as a top 15 quarterback. But I'm telling you, by the end of the year, he's going to be one. And maybe I should just say top 12, quite frankly. Um, Look, we know that they lost Robinson with the uh, unfortunate gunshot injury. And now what is their running game going to be? Washington's going to have to turn to the air probably a little more because McKissick and uh, Gibson are two guys that will indeed be more aerial than full ground game players. And Carson Wentz last year, again, as I just talked about with Trevor Lawrence, 
This guy last year had 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, 215 rushing yards, and that was good enough to be QB 12, at least in our dream league where they're six points for passing touchdowns. But even still, if you knock it down to four points, he's still going to be inside the top 15, and he's absolutely free. He's on most waiver wires, including the league I just talked about. I'm staying negative. I know you're trying to be a positive force over there for us, but I'll be negative Nelly over here, and there's no team I'm more negative on this year than the Seattle Seahawks, and there's a reason. They're quarterbacks. Look at them. Geno Smith won the starting job, dude, and I know how high you are on him. I don't think Metcalf, uh, DK Metcalf, nor Tyler Lockett, neither of them, finish inside the top 35 at wide receiver in PPR leagues, and Lockett, I just think he's done in terms of being a, a wide receiver three or better. And DK Metcalf, James, this is really boldly predicting as I just don't see him not missing games, especially when they wheels start to fall off as they will as this offense becomes another edition of Sleepless in Seattle. I have some uh, investments already at the sports book in the negativity category with Seattle. So I'm with you there and why not? Let's keep it a little negative with my other bold, one of my other bolder predictions and I'm going to the Kansas city running back committee and it's a committee. That's exactly what it is. You can say all the excitement about Pacheco. I've certainly done my own hype for McKinnon. There was even the Ronald Jones period in everyone's life. Edwards Hilaire there as well. There was one top 24 running back in Kansas city last year. He's in Arizona. Now it's Daryl with one L Williams. I tell you this, I don't think there's going to be a Kansas City running back that finishes inside the top 24 of most standard leagues, which means that neither one's an RB2. They don't have an RB2 or better on that team. Wow. I'll, I'll end with a little positivity on the Boulder picks. I'm going Gabriel Davis scores 10 touchdowns in 2022. Double-digit touchdowns for Gabe Davis. That's why I got him inside my top 20, and I really like him as a wide receiver too. Well, low-end one, maybe, but especially in those half PPR formats, James. Uh, let's get one more bolder for you before we make our boldest predictions. I'll be positive. I'll stick with receiver. This is also a bet that I've just made, or two bets, because I'm going to say that I'm on Ross St. Brown, Hunter Renfro, two players who are kind of being cast aside because of new faces that have come into the receiving crews and the, the, the receiving core room. I say they still get to 90-plus receptions each. I bet them both to be... Uh, receive reception leader this year in the NFL as well. All right, we go to our boldest predictions. We'll start with you on this one. I'm going with Tyler Conklin. It's been, uh, I play in some tight end premium leagues, so he's been a player I've ended up with a ton of this past season in drafts, and I'm saying he's going to be a top 12 tight end. I started at 15. I said, forget it. Let's just be bold. But last year, Tyler Conklin, I mean, he was right behind TJ Hawkinson and Tyler Higby when I was talking about points earlier. Higby, obviously uh, not a superstar, but good. And Hawkinson was injured last year. Tyler Conklin had over 500 receiving yards last year. The Jets just paid him. And I know the Jets just paid CJ Uzama. They paid him for his Super Bowl experience. They paid him for his locker room presence. They played Tyler Conklin to do what he did last year. And that was to catch 61 passes for 593 yards. I'd like to see him get more than three touchdowns. The Jets have been searching for a tight end. There's a reason they played Croft, and now he's gone a year ago. There's a reason we were all hyped up for I don't even remember the guy's name anymore. And there's a reason that I love Tyler Conklin, but he proved it last year. No Chris Herndon, about, that's the name that slipped my mind, by the way. No doubt about your loyalty to him either because uh, you've had him on rosters now for a while. Javante Williams, that's a guy I got on a ton of rosters. And uh, prop bets galore as well, James Top three fantasy running back PPR, baby. That is bold. That's that's definitely bolder than any ones I've come off of yet. But I've said it all along. This this coaching staff, 
is uh, not last year's coaching staff. Melvin Gordon's another year older. Javante Williams passes the eyeball test for me. And I think once he gets rolling, especially now with Russ Wilson and that passing attack looking a little beefed up and that defense behind him, Denver's going to be a tough team to beat. And Javante Williams is a big reason why. Well, I hope you're right. I bet his over, and I've got some shares of him as well. I'll tell you, there's a player that I'm I'm high on, not as high as you are on Williams, and for a reason, but I'm going to Zay Jones here. I said bold prediction. This is bold. I'm going 800 yards. I'm going five touchdowns. Chenault's out the door. Trevor Lawrence, I believe in his arrival as the QB1 this year, not as overall QB1, but as a QB1, and that's going to come with you know the rising ship tides, the whole thing. Zay Jones is a ship in this tide, and I believe that the loss of Chenault I know you like Marvin Jones. I think it's about time where he's done, and I'm not a big Christian Kirk fan. That just leaves a huge vacuum for Zay Jones on a team who I still think will struggle to win games, and so there will be garbage time that Lawrence uh, makes happen. Zay Jones, 800 yards, five TDs. That makes him a wide receiver three. Yeah, and for the record, you say I'm big on Marvin Jones. I've got him as like wide receiver six on a few teams. That's very fair. I get. I think what I should have said is yes. you and I are different on the Jones that we like as a sleeper in Jacksonville. Yeah, That's once, probably more once I'm in my wide receiver, you know, 65 to 75 range. Yeah, Marvin Jones is a name that I trust. I have him on a roster. I didn't cut him. It's a dynasty league. All right, we've got one more bold prediction, boldest, I should say, in our uh, repertoire here, James. And I'll tell you the one that, well, actually, we got a couple more, at least I do. Michael Pittman will finish as a top 10 wide receiver in PPR leagues this year. Wide receiver 18 last year, wide receiver 79 as a rookie. This is the year it all comes together. He's a legit wide receiver one. And I had to leave at least one bangle pick on here, James, but it wasn't Burrow or Mixon or Chase Higgins or even Boyd. It's Hayden Hurst, my friend. My finest prediction of them all, the boldest one I might make, a career high in receiving touchdowns ahead for him. And he had six in 2020 here. So I'm going on the record, seven plus touchdowns for Hayden Hurst. I love both of those. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper as my final bold prediction. He's a player that's just been forgotten in drafts this year. And, you know, he did go for not what you'd hoped a year ago, only 865 yards. But that barely, with his production and eight touchdowns, barely kept him outside of the top 24 at receiver. I think he gets there. He's the only show in town in Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett has thrown for a decent chunk of yards when he was a starter on two different occasions, over 3,000 the last time in, I believe, 2019. Amari Cooper's going to see those targets, and he's going to get back. to. I say back because he barely wasn't a wide receiver two last year. He's going to be a wide receiver two this year, and people are just giving him away in drafts, wide receiver five level. All right, so there you have it. We're on the record. Uh, if you want to get on the record, too, you can tweet us at Dan Claskins at JamesAdams94 with your bold predictions. We'll let you know if we think you're crazy or not. And the crazier you are, sometimes the better you are. So definitely do it there. Uh, James, let's transition it over now into week one, man. And uh, we'll get to the week one matchup, some early thoughts on the games, our week one Thrive Fantasy props uh, in a second as well. But before we do any of it, we're going to sort of go out to the waiver wire and a lot of times we'll use Yahoo's ownership report. In this instance, uh, just transaction trends, showing some of the latest players that are rising and following right now over at Yahoo. A lot of them are defenses and such, but just gives us a good idea of some undrafted players that uh, you know potentially could be getting dropped quite a bit or obviously added into the league. And uh, some interesting names on the net list. And, and one of them that I thought was very interesting, one of the top guys on the list, Mike Davis in Baltimore, especially in these early drafts, wasn't even thought of, right? 
And uh, it's looking more and more like he's going to have a large workload here, at least early in the season for the Ravens. We also are, are seeing uh, a, a little bit of Kenyon Drake starting to get picked up, obviously, in deeper leagues now after he was cut and put there. J.K. Dobbins still in the fold, but coming back from injury. You know, Gus Edwards is out for a month. How much are you willing to part ways with some of your bench pieces right now and, and get a little piece of Mike Davis on your waiver wire? I'd rather have Kenyon Drake. Um, Mike Davis goes to a place where they do run the ball well, and it seems like anybody there with an opportunity could be good. But Mike Davis was, a, I, I feel like, good at best when he subbed in for McCaffrey. I feel like Kenyon Drake is the player that could be, you know, I hate to say league winner when we're talking about a probably an early season replacement player because I still have faith that Dobbins is going to be the guy at the end of the year. But Kenyon Drake also strikes me more as a change of pace to, to J.K. Dobbins, who would have more staying power in that offense as the season goes. So if you're desperate for a player in week one at running back, uh, get, Lord help you what happened on draft day. I guess it's Mike Davis, but I'm more interested in Kenyon Drake because I think he's the player with the long-term outlook. Yeah. Davis rostered currently in 27% of leagues at Yahoo, so Drake's likely less than that. Let's get into some other names. I thought it was interesting here, James, and this is one thing about knowing your league settings and different things, but if you have those IR spots and you didn't draft a guy on IR, but you got the spots to fill, there's a few names here high up on this list that could be worth stashing. The three I see here in order of ownership. Brian Robinson Jr. You mentioned his unfortunate shooting and the gunshot injury he occurred, but uh, they're optimistic he's back on the football field this year, and that's great news. We'll see. Michael Gallup, uh, the news has been encouraging on the Dallas wideout, 35% rostered right now. Not going to play week one, but they didn't put him on the pup list either, so Crazy. they expect him back before week four. One receiver on the pup list, Jamison Williams, Guy I already picked up and stashed in this very fashion in our auction league. I mean, the talent's there. He's making actually better progress than they thought. I mean, dude, he could be a second-half impact player uh, for a Lions team that I think is underrated. So between those three and maybe any others you want to add to the list, uh, how would you rank these IR spot stashers potentially here uh, as we're looking at getting an advantage before week one? I mean, Brian Robinson has to be number one because he was released from the hospital right away. Not right away, but like the next day. The truth of the matter is I have no clue what's going on with his health. And, you know, I, I'm totally speculating. But I feel like the early return from guys off these ACLs and how healthy they could be. I mean, dude, I don't know, but maybe this is a glancing blow. He was allowed to leave the hospital the following day. There was immediately optimism about his return to football which makes me think that he has the likelihood of being the healthiest player the quickest, um, even though his injury was the most recent and also would have the the biggest impact. I mean, I'm very high on what Michael Gallup could do in his offense, and there's a clear vacancy there, but the timeline seems crazy, and I, I know they didn't put him on the list, so um, I guess he's healthy, but I'm very interested to see what Chris Godwin looks like and trying to, like, wrap my head around early receiver return with the, this ACL injury to see if he shows me anything before Gallup gets on the field and Williams. Williams will be third on my list because he's still acclimating to the NFL. But if you told me you had him above Gallup, I'd get it because he's a better player in the long term. Yeah. It's interesting to see Devin Duvernay up to 20% rostered, uh, a little bit higher in this Yahoo 
transaction trends report, which is peculiar. I don't really know why. I mean, I get it. They don't have any other people. Wide receiver two may be on that team, right? I, get I mean, it. it's a stab. It. It's a stab. I guess all these guys are. For me, the IR answer really is just dependent on what you need. If you need sure. quicker help, I think it's Gallup. If you if you're pretty set and looking for a late season stash, it's Williams. And if it's running back, you need Robinson's better than both. So I think all of them could be handy in the right situation. Let's get yeah. on down this list, James. Some other just players, if you're in a deeper league or a league with a lot of sharks and you know some of these 20-man best balls, these guys might have been drafted, but in a lot of hometown leagues, they haven't. Let's just go through some players. Albert uh, O for Denver, obviously the tight end there, 62% ownership. We've seen uh, Romeo Dobbs for Green Bay, very popular sleeper picks out there. He's only owned in 32% of the Yahoo leagues. Rashad White, the rookie running back, 35% of the Yahoo League, so under 50% there, which is interesting. And your guys, Zay Jones, 17% ownership showing up on that transaction report. You're not the only one guy. And and James, a guy, a couple of rookie backs that we all really like, Isaiah Pacheco, only 31% ownership after he was soaring on that hype train a month ago. He's out there in a lot of leagues on Yahoo, apparently, and Zamir White, a rookie I just absolutely love as a late-round pick, 15% ownership. Who would be uh, your top choices from some of these spots? Maybe even your Jeff Wilson Jr. at 12%, a little further down the report. I mean, I guess it's still got to be Pacheco because we know what Andy Reid running backs can be. And I know what I said about there not being an RB, too, there. It was one of my bolder predictions. Part of the reason I feel like it's bold is because Andy Reid has a history of creating running backs being fantasy great. And it hasn't happened with Edward Solaire, and maybe he's not the guy. Maybe it does happen to him this year. But it's hard to argue um, with the, the, the history at Andy Reid's running back. We know that Kansas City's got a lot of void in production. If you believe they're going to be good, um, yeah, maybe Juju steps in and, and does something. But I think Pacheco would be the name for me there. Any other waiver wire names to throw out as some people, you know, at different positions or some thoughts uh, of some potential dart throws here before the season starts. Well, you know, like you said, know your league. Can you IR these guys? Um, we could, we could go over a list of players, but if you drafted in the last week or two, not a whole lot's changed. Don't like overthink that last pick because you may don't blow fab on a player that no one in your league wanted when all of a sudden you think there's a reason to go get him. And maybe it's Elijah Mitchell this year on the last second, and you do go do something to, to acquire the player. But don't blow a bunch of fab when the whole season is yet to play out. And, you know, we don't know who who's going to materialize that we just haven't talked about yet, which will happen like it does every single year. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, every Tuesday, James and I will hit the waiver wire here together and Try to help you pick the right guy. Set those fab bids, whatever it is your league does. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. James, let's uh, take our first glance here at week one. It will kick off Thursday night, Buffalo at the Rams. And uh, this one's going to be quite the opener to the season. The Bills, the perennial uh, pick now to win this year's Super Bowl versus the team that won it a year ago in the Rams. And I already told you on this game, James, uh, you know, as I was – Already thinking about betting the money line. I got in on that DraftKings early line payout. If your money line goes up at seven points at any point in the game, you get paid immediately. I was like, well, dang, dude. I'm hoping for win the coin flip, get that opening touchdown, you know, just cash my ticket. But I like it either way right now. Uh, you know, you're looking out there. Uh, the line is a 
pretty much two and a half in most spots. Still sitting at two at uh, DraftKings and BetMGM, but pretty much everywhere else in the industry, it's up to two and a half now. So starting to get a little bit more tick there to Buffalo. They're minus 130 plus 115 on the money line is the best odds out there at the various books. And James, here's the real important thing to think about is the total in this game. 52 and a half is pretty much uh, what it's, you know, most places have it at right now. So we're expecting some offense. I know I'm a little down on the offensive Thursday night games, but I throw that out for week one because this isn't Absolutely. their traditional Thursday night game. So I think there's going to be lots of scoring. I like the over. I actually think it's probably a coin flip of the game, but I think the Rams somehow figure a way to win this one at home in their house. Whose house is it, James? Oh, don't do that to me. Oh, God. Why did I say that? I don't know. Do you know how many times I had to hear that while I was waiting in line for beer? (laughs) Oh, my God. That hurts. So, look, dude, I've already made the bet, and I don't think they'll let me take it back. But it makes me sick to even think about it now. But yeah, I bet the Rams too. Um, I uh, after throwing down all the props, I had like diverted all my money to the right side of you know which props I was betting everywhere, and I had thirty bucks left in my DraftKings account. So I said, "What the heck? I'm going to throw thirty bucks on the game." I took the Rams money line because of that plus, you know, that seven, uh, that seven points or the the seven point whatever payout thing. Um, so yeah, I, I like the Rams too. I don't understand why. Um, so many people are on the Bills, but I know the Bills are a very trendy team. The Bills lost in week one at home to Pittsburgh last week. So, I mean, they're not last, it's year, not like they, last year. Oh, yeah, last year. I'm sorry. So, you know, they're a team that doesn't practice hard in the preseason. The whole idea of are you ready? And I know the Rams don't really either. But I don't know what would make people think the Bills are just going to come out guns a blazing when the Rams are the defending I mean, champs think, and it's at their place. I know. I know. I, I do think it, the Bills should be favored based off of. I don't. A lot of the. A lot of the. I mean, the Bills. I mean, they're undoubtedly the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year, right? So you almost. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little more respectful of the Rams, but just looking at the modeling, and I mean, I get why Buffalo is the favorite, and I certainly see the attraction to bet on them, but this is where I look for value, yeah. right? So let's get into the Sunday slate. We've got a slew of 1 o'clock games. I believe there's eight of them, or maybe seven of them, actually. Uh, New Orleans at Atlanta, 42 and three and a half was the open there. It's now five and a half Saints, 42 and a half Falcons. And James, we've been big talking about the Saints on these season props. Got to like them coming out here. I know you already said they're one of your favorite road favorites this weekend. And, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, a smash spot potentially for Kamara, who was bought at a bargain most of the summer because of his pending suspension, which now looks like it's getting pushed out there. So he's locked into the lineups. How much confidence are you having in this passing game to look at from a fantasy perspective, whether it's DFS you know, maybe it's putting one of these receivers in your lineup. I mean, you got a rookie in Alave, Michael Thomas, a big unknown, Lander, we don't know what we're going to get, and Jameis Winston coming off of an ACL. You love the Saints. Can you rubber stamp any of these passing game options as potential starters this week? No, if for some reason you're desperate for quarterback, maybe you're in a dynasty league and you just don't have one. Winston's a good streamer, but I don't think this is a spot where I'm in love with him. Because, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's at Atlanta. I think both teams will carry some defensive presence. Um, I think the Saints win. If there's anything I like, it's the under. I like Kamara. I like the Saints defense. Maybe I like Cordero Patterson to catch a few balls in PPR, but I don't really like anything besides Kamara and the Saints defense, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons do stink, but I mean, this is one of those division rivalries that sort of scare me. I like the Saints. I mean, they'll be pretty high in my confidence pool. I don't know if I'm laying the points. There's other games I like, 
I might in the parlay or something or tease it or, you know, figure something out. But uh, I'm with you. San Fran, Chicago. This is another game here. 41 and a half was the total down from 42. The Niners, a seven point road favorite. It, it's always tough to play in Chicago, James. But you know what other team besides the Seahawks, I think, really stinks? The Bears. And the Niners yep. here is a smash spot opportunity. I'm not so sure the spread is intriguing to me. And the over, I'm sort of scared of going over the 42 because I just don't know if the Bears offense can muster much. But I absolutely love the 49ers. They will be a team I will consider in Survivor this week. They'll be near the top of my confidence rankings for sure. And uh, I probably very well will end up laying some sort of points on them one way or the other in this one. The two games you begin with are the two games I liked the under before I even knew the total because I worry about Trey Lance in game one and there's no reason to let him do too much and beat himself when the Bears are exactly what you said they were. Not a very good football team. Um, So I think this is an underplay. Yeah, I like the Niners to win this game, but I wouldn't be shocked if this thing finished like 10 to 7, 10 to 3. Trey Lance. How high up on your board is he for a week one starter? He's not at all. I've got him. Uh, in a, I have him and Davis Mills in a league. It's a 14-teamer. I took Kyle Pitts, uh, so I couldn't take a quarterback early. I think I'm going to take play Mills, and that's against the Colts. Like I don't know what I'm going to do. The Bengals, they're up to a six-and-a-half point favorite now against the Steelers, 44-and-a-half the total. This game, another 1 o'clock start. We'll both be there at Paycor Stadium, the newly named stadium here, and uh, we'll be seeing Mitch Trubisky start for the Steelers, James. I, I know that's uh, really not a surprise to me. I guess some are surprised here. I mean, obviously we're both biased and, and think the Bengals are going to win this game, but from a Pittsburgh perspective, just in fantasy alone here, outside of Najee Harris, I mean, Deontay Johnson's locked in. I guess yep. Friar Muth for some that drafted him. That's pretty much it, I would guess. Yeah, that's all I would have locked in, and I'm terrified of the Steelers. I mean, they're the team that beat the Bills last year. They're the team that practices hard while the Bengals don't, and they maybe hit the ground running. And I've said it once, I've said it a million times, they don't lose. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I'm terrified of the Steelers in week one for the Bengals. Offensive line needs to gel. So, yeah, you're, you're asking me about the Steelers, guys. I, I agree. I don't think you can put Pickens in your lineup. But if you're desperate, I guess you could. But the Bengals have a good secondary. So. Bengals, uh, another survivor pick possibility. I know you don't want to hear that, dude. But they're, they're one of the top four or five teams to straight up win on my board this week. Uh, I, will I think say, they win by defense. I will say it will be interesting there. Let's get along to some of these other ones. Philly at Detroit, minus 4 and 49 uh, for the visiting Eagles. And, James, you know I like me some Lions here. I do like mm-hmm. me some Lions, but uh, I like me some Eagles too. I think I think this is one of those games where I like Philadelphia probably to win it. So, I mean, yes, I think the Lions have to get there, and I think their schedule gets a little easier than this. They could win this game. I'm not going to bet against them or on them probably, though. But I will say this. I'm firing down some Jalen Hurts, uh, and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about Devontae Smith, obviously A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. Not really going to touch that Philly running game this week. Going to play a wait-and-see approach in Detroit. I mean, I think we're all looking forward to seeing a healthy season out of DeAndre Swift and what that could do for the Lions. But uh, it's that passing game, James. And will Amon Ross St. Brown be a volume target again here, just sucking up the targets or, you know, will we see him spread it around now that everybody's healthy and they've added a few pieces. 
Brian Danielson, fingers in the air. Yes, yes, yes. That's a wrestling reference. I don't think you got, Dan. But yeah, I mean, I bet the over on I'm on Ross St. Brown's uh, uh, touchdowns. I did. I bet him to be the receptions leader. I bold predicted him to have at least 90 catches. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown's locked into your lineup in week one. If, and I do think he will be a target monster again. And I think even with all parts healthy, he'll still do his work over the middle. Yes. New England is at Miami, 47 is the total. The Dolphins, the home team, favored by three in this one. I love the Dolphins to cover this game. I think the Patriots are bad. I'm taking – I'm probably definitely going to take that as a straight bet. Uh, so that's a spread that I – one of the fa- home favorites I like, a field goal. I mean, I get it, Belichick, blah, blah, blah. They don't even have nothing on offense. No offensive coordinator, no talent. I mean, Mac Jones is okay. The running game, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, can they both be plugged in as back-end starters this week, James? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're considering, like, you know, into the flex position type, I think you could play them both. Uh, and I'll tell you this, the Patriots, I think, are 2-7 and seven in their last nine trips to Miami. They don't play well there. They're doing something different. I think they're fl- they flew down today as we record this on a Tuesday. So if you're listening to this podcast, the Patriots are already in Miami trying something different because that's how bad they struggle. And uh, that tells you something. If Bill Belichick is changing his normal progression in a week, something's up. They struggle here. So... I'm not in love with either of those running backs when I don't think there's going to be a ton of points. I haven't yet checked the weather to see just how bad it'll be. But if it's going to be humid and nasty, that helps the Dolphins and not the Patriots. Ravens are on the road, laying seven, 44 and a half at the Jets. We've got Jacksonville traveling to Washington to take on the Commanders, the home team, minus three and 44 there. And Baker Mayfield in his Carolina debut, laying two and a half to the visiting Cleveland Browns, his former team, the total there, 41 and a half. And James, uh, really just some quick thoughts on those three. Uh, anything that you're interested in seeing, any bet you like or, or anything there that sticks out to you? Well, yeah, Jacksonville, Washington, a game that I won't be watching live because, as you said, we'll be in a different place. But there's two quarterbacks I'm very interested in. I'm highly invested in. How about uh, let's just stay in Jacksonville for the James Robinson story. Uh, Brian Robinson, rightfully so, has had the headlines lately. But James Robinson going to play. What's he going to look like? If he looks half of what he was last year, he was free on draft. They not free, but he was around 10, round 12 type player that you're going to have as a potential flex play on a weekly basis. Clearly, I'm looking forward to see the how the receivers shake out in Jacksonville with Chenault gone, and you know they brought in Ingram, Kirk, and uh, and Jones, and in Washington. I mean, what does Wentz look like? Third team, third year. I think that's the most intriguing yeah. game. I mean, unless you like Joe Flacco revenge game, which I, I think I mean, uh, I'll take the Commanders at home laying the three there. Uh, maybe the money lines the play in some sort of parlay. Uh, you know, Jacksonville's on the way up. I mean, it can only get one way after last year's disaster. True. Baltimore, I mean, many sports books picking them to win the AFC North and laying seven on the road against the Jets. I like them to win. I think that's a big number. I'm not going to touch it, uh, but I do expect the Ravens to get that road win. And it's going to be interesting to see what does happen there in the backfield, but I'm more interested to see what type of Rashad Bateman in this receiving core. I mean, Bateman, uh, if he ends up being the wide receiver one by a large margin here, could end up being a fantasy steal for where he fell in drafts if Lamar stays healthy and things click right. And obviously the Baker Mayfield bowl. And uh, as much as I don't really like Baker, I always thought he was a punk. And then, you know, he went to the Browns. I don't like the Browns, but you know what? I like the Browns less than I like Baker. So I'm going to be rooting for Baker in this one, James, but not with any money because uh, it's going to be a pretty brutal game. I I think uh, it will... There's a reason this game is under 41 and a half. 
I'll be rooting for Baker. I've got a little punk in me. I'm trying to grow out of it, but I don't hate him. Well, do you it. know, I got a lot of Christian McCaffrey exposure. So uh, if Baker's doing well, hopefully Christian McCaffrey is too. Uh, I'll second that. I'll be cheering for Baker for the second time in his NFL career. Indianapolis at Houston, the final one o'clock game, minus eight there. The Colts are 45 and a half in Texas. And uh, James, this one has, uh, we already talked about it on the air last week. I mean, Texans plus eight is appealing to me. I don't know. The Colts, uh, definitely a team that uh, the best winning probability of any team this week. But, I mean, that's a lot of points to lay on the road. And we've just seen the Texans play spoiler too many times. Division home opener, division season opener. Give me the Texans if you're giving me plus eight. I agree. I think the Colts win, but it's not like the Colts are a team that we expect to throw up. uh, You know, they're not the Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne Colts. Unless Jonathan Taylor goes off for three touchdowns and a buck 50, which, I mean, I could see happen. We That's got four four twenty five Eastern kickoffs. Four great games. The Giants at the Titans. Titans five and a half, forty three and a half is the total there. Minnesota's forty eight total with Green Bay. The visiting Packers a one and a half point favorite in that a or excuse me NFC North showdown. Kansas City's at Arizona. The Chiefs laying four and a half on the road. Fifty three and a half the total there. And the game that I'm really looking forward to watching after we get home from the uh, one o'clock game there. James Vegas and the Chargers. Raiders and Chargers, and then first of many AFC West shootouts this year. 52 and a half, three and a half, the Chargers' favorite there. I definitely like the total over in that one. I like the over in the Kansas City-Arizona game, too. I I know that uh, those are some pretty high totals, but uh, I'm feeling it. I think they're going to come out and put up some fireworks there. I wish I had got in it when it was at 53 when I was out there last week, but uh, did not do that, James. In general, though, I mean, Derrick Henry's coming back. How much better mm-hmm. does he look? I know the playoffs, he rushed back. Uh, also, Saquon Barkley. I mean, that Titans and Giants game, I'm watching those running backs. And I, I think you look at, the obviously, the Packers and Vikings. I think life without Devontae Adams, what's that going to look like for Green Bay, right? I mean, Alan Lazard, is he going to be healthy and able to play? Will they really have to turn to Sammy Watkins in week one? Will the prophecy come true? That, that one's going to be really interesting. The Bucks at the Cowboys, a great Sunday night game there. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much a coin flip right now. Dallas plus 100 on the money line. Tampa Bay laying minus one and a half. The total is right around 51, 50 and a half, depending on where you look. So, can that both both of these offensive lines have been really hit hard by injuries and uh, off season departures and and such? So uh, it's going to be. I mean, I'm watching these offensive lines in this one, James. And, and how big of a weak spot are they? And then Russell Wilson returning to Seattle on Monday Night Football, six and a half and forty two. There, Denver's favorite, and uh, obviously love me some Broncos there. It is it is a high point total, but I think I don't think Seattle's going to score much, dude. So I will be laying those points probably as well. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting amped up for Monday Night Football. Hopefully, I have something fantasy on the line because that game, yuck. Yeah, hopefully you don't. If it involves you owning Seahawks and half. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hopefully, they're all in the in the bag. <laughs> all right, James. We're going to end tonight's uh, podcast like we will every week, taking a look at the week ahead and Thrive Fantasy. What a great partnership we got with Thrive Fantasy again this season. A $20 first-time deposit at the sign-up page at insiderfootball.com. Gets you the 20 bucks at Thrive and all the Insider Football tools this season you need to win. Check it out at insiderfootball.com. And James, right now, they have a $25,000 NFL Week 1, or excuse me, $250,000 guaranteed $25 entry Week 1 contest. $50,000 to first. And 
talk about a great opportunity here to get in on it. And uh, it's real simple. You just go there. And there's a lot of different types of games. They got the prop lobby there as well now and different things. Is, but we're talking about just the good old contest, old school style, the one that our guy Skeeter Robinson won 10 grand in last year. You pick 10 mm-hmm. out of 20 options. The less probable the prop to occur, the more points you receive if you choose it correctly. Athletes must play at least one snap to qualify. Thrive Fantasy reserves the right to substitute any player up to 48 hours prior. So, James, last season, uh, I think we each did three and an ice pick. Is that how we did it? That's correct. Yeah, so four picks each. And uh, I think that, you know, I don't I don't remember exactly how we did it, but I'll start us out. I'll pick first here. How about that? And then you can Shoot. pick two or you want to pick first. I'll let you decide. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, one our guy Skeeter pointed out because I liked it too. <laughs> and I'm going to go Justin Herbert. Yep. Two and a half passing touchdowns uh, plus an interception, that is. So just three p- total is what I need. I'm going to go over there because I like the 105 that comes with. I like that number. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, since I think I, I hammered you in this thing last year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, well, you, you, get, you ran away late. You had a couple real good weeks. I didn't score anything. Got ugly, but uh, you get two picks now. All right. Well, I'm gonna piggyback your pick, and I probably uh, be on this guy all year long as long as I can. It's Keenan Allen over six and a half total receptions. I expect fireworks in the Vegas Charger game. So, I mean, Keenan Allen to get seven catches. That's more than a lot of people sometimes realize, but I think he gets there in this one. All right, Keenan. That's Allen. over ninety-five points. That's ninety-five points on the over for James, and that's the thing. I mean, I was looking at that one, and I mean, if you're on the if you're on the fence, and this may not be the best example, but if you're on the fence, you, you know, you go with one well, maybe with the more points is what Skeeter was saying. That's why I sort of walked off of that. But I'm going to stick to uh, one here, James. I'm going to go Mike Michael Thomas under five and a half receptions, ninety-five points at Atlanta. I don't I mean, I don't know. I've got to see it to believe it. I'm going to keep betting against him until it proves me wrong. Let's put that on the board for me. I had a feeling that would be one that you and I would both be interested in. Um, I'm going to go with an under as well. This is an under that gets me 110 points. A half a touchdown rushing for Christian McCaffrey. The Cleveland defense is good. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I know McCaffrey's a stud. I know he comes into this game healthy. If he scores, scores in the air. Give me under the half a touchdown for 110. 110 is worth uh, taking a crack at. I hope you're wrong there, but uh, for more than one reason. I'm going to go. You know, this is interesting because I need one more and the ice pick, and there's a few I like, so I got to decide. I'm going to – you know what, dude? I, I get the matchups tough, and I understand, but Justin Jefferson's my dude this year. I got him number one on my white receiver ranks. I've had him there all season, all draft season long, James, and – I know 98 and a half yards is a lot, but I think he starts off with a 100-plus yard day against the Packers. And what I'm really drawn to is the 125 points that over comes with, dude. That's a big payday if I'm right. So we're going to swing for the fences, try to get an early lead in this thing. Jonathan Taylor, over for 110 points, 110 and a half total rushing yards. That's a big ask, but I think that's exactly what you go into Houston and do is hand the ball to your horse. I'll go ahead and take that one. The over 110 is enticing. That's a big number, but again, I expect a good day from him. Yep, and I will finish up here with uh, – I talked about how I like that over in that Arizona-KC game. That means I like me some Mahomes. My ice pick this week will be Patrick Mahomes over 
281 and a half passing yards for 100 points. That only comes into play, obviously, if one of my other dudes don't play. My ice pick's going to be not nearly as pro, pro uh, prolific, but 90 and a half total rushing yards for Derrick Henry. I mean, I got the MVP bet in. I may as well go ahead and just stay all in with all my draft picks, too. Over for 80 points. I hope I don't need to go to it. All right, there you have it. Make your own picks over at Thrive Fantasy and make that first-time deposit over at InsiderFootball.com. Get the free tools to go along with that credit and win even more dollars playing fantasy all season long with James and I over at ThriveFantasy.com. All right, James, some final thoughts here uh, for week one and setting those lineups. You know, play matchups with your, like, three, four players in that flex position, you know, if you start in three receivers and a flex, your wide receiver two should be in there, even if, uh, you know, you, you're you not loving the matchup. So make sure you respect your own players and don't overvalue the matchup. And, you know, keep your eyes open to the waiver wire, but don't freak out over a player that just made a roster versus a player that was already on a roster that you drafted. Words of wisdom by one James Adams. You can get them all season long here on the podcast. Get James and I. Tuesdays here on the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, to name a few, insiderfootball.com. That's the website for the podcast anytime and all the tools to win this season. Of course, catch us Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern with Fantastics Insider Football at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Until next time around, for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Good luck in week one. We'll see you next week right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.